Hey guys, this is Phil. This is the Vision Podcast. We're talking about spiritual fathers and celebrities in the church today. So enjoy the podcast. We love you. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Um, I have a testimony to share with you guys. You want to hear a testimony real quick? Um, my... Uh, so last week, I had a lunch scheduled with, uh, with a guy, and I was taking our trailer after the Dan Moeller meetings. We took chairs out to one of the other facilities where, you know, we had some of the services. And so we were bringing the chairs back, and I got the chairs back in and backed the trailer into the warehouse uh, where we do all of our, um, we have a warehouse, a place where we um, store brand new items to be able to give to families in need. Anyway, I was backing the trailer in there. Close the door, and now it's dark in the warehouse. And every time I close the door, I got to go over the other side and pull the rope in. Otherwise, it's sticking outside, you know. So I walked over to pull the rope in, and I stepped like this, and the trailer hitch was right here. And so when I came up, I just, I thought I was going to throw up, and I thought I was going to pass out all at the same time. It was like this excruciating pain. And, and then... I thought, man, I'm going to pray over my leg. And so I'm driving because I've got to go to the restaurant to meet, you know, my lunch appointment. And as I'm driving, I just put my other hand down and put it on my shin and I began to pray. And then I look at my hand and it's just covered in blood. And I'm just going, oh, okay. I didn't, didn't know it was bleeding that bad. And so anyway, got to the restaurant and saw, uh, saw my appointment waiting there at the restaurant. And I said, give me just a minute. I need to go to the bathroom. He looked down and saw my leg and went, dude, what happened? So I go in the bathroom and I'm trying to stop the bleeding on it. And, but I've prayed a prayer. I've already prayed over it. And so I brought in, I had a first aid kit in the truck and, you know, got it bandaged and got it cleaned up enough and, and, and got the bandaid on. And the whole lunch meeting, all I could feel was my leg. You know how your heart, you feel your heartbeat and that's where my heart had transferred <laughs> down to my leg. And so, and I was going, wow, you know, we're having this meeting. And so I get done and leave and I've now, and I've still, my jeans, you know, are just this big blood splotch. And, but, and, and it had swollen. So I had a, I don't know, anyway, it swelled up pretty good. So that night I put ice on it and I said, God, I thank you that you're healing my leg. I woke up and now here's the miracle is that the second Band-Aid I put on it, there was no blood on the Band-Aid. God had stopped the bleeding. And then by that next morning, it was totally healed. And I got up, and I didn't even feel it. I just said, thank you, God. You're a good, good father. So I'm telling you, man, if you're ever sick, you ever have a pain in your body, our first method of operation as Christians should be, I'm going to pray. I'm going to lay hands on myself, and I'm going to pray. You know, and I'm going to apply my faith to my body. So how many of you are dealing with something right now? You got something going on. Hey, we might as well just go after this thing right from the get-go, right? Okay. So some of you raised your hands. Do I'm not trying to embarrass you, but this has a purpose. Do you mind standing just for a moment? Those of you that raised your hand, just stand up for a moment. Was there anybody over here? Okay. Okay. And stay standing for a moment. Now, I, I want... This person that's on behind you and next to you, these are people that are people of faith. You guys believe, right? Okay. Well, my Bible says that these finds will follow those who believe. 
the very last sign is that we will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So I'm going to ask some of you that are around these folks, would you mind standing up next to them, men with men, women with women, and let's, let's, uh, Jim, you can come back here, Robert. Thank you, Zach. Yeah. Yeah, raise your hand now that some of you, those of you that don't have anyone. Okay, great. Great. Now, those of you that are there with those folks, just ask them very quickly what's going on. If you can put it in, a, in one sentence, don't tell the whole backstory, but just a sentence of what's going on in your body. Go ahead and ask. And go ahead and tell them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Yeah, yeah. Now, once you find that out, hey, I want you to pray a simple prayer. <laughs> we learned this from Dan, right? We're going to pray a simple faith-filled prayer. Are you ready? I'm not even going to time it, but ready, set, man, let's pray. Pray in faith. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. All right, all right. That's good right there. Good job. Good job, guys. Yeah, let's give Jesus thanks and praise. Thank you, Lord. You guys seeing a difference? Yeah, Masha? Come on. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, David. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Wow. God is so good. I'm just so thankful that we have authority in the name of Jesus to be able to lay hands on sick people, to lay hands on ourselves, to pray over ourselves. And, you know, to me, recovery is every bit as much a miracle as instantaneous change. And so I'm so thankful when I see healings progressively, when I see it instantaneously. Many of you have heard my testimony um, when mom had her massive heart attack in those 16 days that we walked through, miracle after miracle after miracle, God working, God working, standing in faith for this, standing in faith for that. And when's the fight over? When you win. (laughs) That's when the fight's over. And so you keep fighting until you win. Having done all to stand, we stand. So if you haven't seen it yet, if, if the manifestation has not happened yet, what do you continue to do? God, I am planted in faith. I am resolved in my faith that your word is true. And I'm not, I, I refuse to believe otherwise. Man. Yeah. Okay. Get, are you ready to get in the word a little bit? <laughs> Would you turn in your Bibles over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I'm so honored to get to bring you the word this morning. I'm so, so excited about this word because God has just been stirring in me. We had an amazing weekend last weekend, and I got to hang around with Dan all weekend. When he called, he said, you know, Phil, I want to stay uh, I want to stay with a family. And at first, I started looking for families uh, for him to stay with, and then my wife said, honey, why don't you invite him to stay with us? You need to hear from heaven. I said, oh, okay, you know, and I just was, you know, just not clued into that. But anyway, and I'm so glad that we did because, I, you know, I titled this message something else, but I thought, man, 
we should probably title it Things I Learned from Dan last weekend. You know, I mean, that was probably what it should be titled because it was so, so good. But one of my main takeaways from uh, this last weekend was about fathers, was about fathers. And anyway, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul is addressing in the Corinthian church a problem in the body of Christ. You know, in our culture, in our world, there's people that we look up to, that we admire, that we respect, people that uh, inspire us, people that we want to be like, and the world gives them the title of like celebrity, you know, and they would call somebody that would look up to them or respect them, want to be like them, a fan, right? And so there's this mindset in the world that, you know, they're a celebrity. I would love to meet them someday. They inspire me. I want to be like them. And it could be people from all different walks of life. I mean, it could be an athlete. It could be somebody who's a great entertainer. It could be someone who is astute in business. It could be a politician. Okay, easy, easy. Uh, It could be, but I mean, it could be somebody that you really look up to, right? And so I think what's happened is our mindset has come over into the church, that same mindset. Because how many of you know, when the Israelites left Egypt, they were free from Egypt. They came out of Egypt, but it took some years for Egypt to come out of them. Because they had that mindset, they had that kind of thinking that just carried right with them. Some of them, it never came out of. I mean, they, you know, they died out there in the wilderness, but thank God their children caught a new vision for the promised land, you know? And when we get born again, although our spirit is born again, our minds are renewed by what? The washing of the water of the word, right? The word of God. Now, the word of God comes to us through reading the Bible. It comes to us through in time of intimacy with him because God always speaks in line with his word, Uh, to our hearts. And so whenever you hear something in prayer, it's always a good idea to say, God, could you give me some scripture so I could read about that? Could you give me some scripture that I could, I just want to make sure it's you, especially in those early days. I had to do that a lot because I wasn't sure, you know? And so, so here's the good news is that when you get born again, your mind can be renewed pretty quickly. The more word that you put in, the more time you spend with him, the more time you spend reading the word, it begins to transform you. It's amazing how quickly it works. It's amazing uh, the work that God does. And, but this mentality though, this celebrity mentality has come over into the church uh, in the way that some people treat the, uh, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, you know, um, people that travel in ministry or people that are part. And it's like we have begun to treat them like a celebrity. Dan shared with me, you know, how much he gets, how many emails he gets and how many phone calls and people driving all night to people stopping by his house. People, you know, I mean, he's like, He's just going, it's, 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 it gets crazy. So, so this was an issue in the church. Uh, and Paul addresses this. So if you're there in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, look at verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I'll just read it out of my notes. I have it in the New King James Version. It says, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as babes in Christ. 
I fed you with milk, not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you were still not able, for you were still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Now, if I stopped right there, you would think that that's what carnal is, that that's the only thing that carnal is. It's, it's being full of envy, uh, you know, and strife and divisions. But Paul goes on to explain what carnal really is in verse 4. He says, for when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? In the ESV, it says it this way, when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are we not merely human? I could probably read it this way. When one says, I follow so-and-so, I follow so-and-so, I listen to so-and-so, I listen to so-and-so's podcast, I'm on this person's podcast, are we not being merely human? or carnal. And then he goes on in verse 5, he says, who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed. They're the messenger. They're the one that brought the Spirit of God to you. Dan brought it this last weekend. He, he brought the Spirit of God to us. He's the messenger there are two things for me. I was talking to Joanne about this uh, before service. And, and I told her that the, the two things that, that I've found for my life that are very important for me to flow in is one, obedience and flowing. <laughs> obedience and flow. So in order to flow, that means you've got to have like an elastic uh, side to yourself. Because sometimes God doesn't always bring exactly what you were expecting. Sometimes he brings opportunities that don't look like what you thought they were going to look like. And so sometimes we may have a tendency to step back, but my responsibility is to know him and spend time enough with him that when the opportunity comes, I can be led by the Spirit. I can go out with peace, be led forth with joy, no matter what it is that he's asked me to do. Because some of the things we're doing as a church, they, they weren't what I thought it was going to look like right? So it goes on in verse 5. It says, who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers to whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but who gave the increase? God. God is the one who gives the increase. This is why when you and I are willing to step out and to believe what he said in his word, that these signs will follow those who believe, that I would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. So then, now, when I step out and I choose to lay my hands on someone and pray for them, it's not my responsibility to heal them. I can't. I cannot heal somebody. But God in me. If I am that conduit that God is able to flow through, if there is nothing in my life that hinders his ability to flow through me, oh, watch out. It's on. Why? Because his power can come into their life. I, I met with somebody um, I heard recently um, in a conversation. They were saying, well, you, you know, what does evangelism look like? What, you know, what, what does that look like? And I, and and I really, it just rose up out of me. And later I was going, wow, God, that was really good. That I'm supposed to evangelize as I go. 
It's supposed to be as I go. So as I go to work, my life is an evangelism tool for God to use. As I go to the restaurant, we were praying for somebody in the restaurant yesterday, my wife, my wife and I, and, and I thought, well, this is as we go. That's, man, that's a good thing. I just like as we go. So I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God. God is the one. Amen? He is the celebrity. The only celebrity worth celebrating. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Like Romans 8 says, it says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So if we're carnally minded, we're, I follow so-and-so, I follow so-and-so, but if I'm spiritually minded, um, it's, I'm following God. I, as we were driving, I asked Dan, I told you this would probably be a message on things I learned from Dan last weekend. Uh, but we were driving down the road and I said, okay, Dan, uh, who do you listen to? He goes, I, you know, I've heard three messages from one guy and I've, he said, I watched a, I watched a video by another guy that, that God used him to raise somebody from the dead. And, and he said, yeah, David Hogan. And he said, but the Holy Spirit was really dealt with me that I needed to watch this video. There was something that he wanted to show me in it. And I went, wow. I said, books. Do you read any books? And he goes, no, I read the Bible. <laughs> Is your heart being convicted right now? Because, <laughs> man, I was like, oh, Jesus. It's good stuff, yeah. Yeah, so carnally minded is that immature mind which says, which minister do you follow? But it's not about who you listen to, it's about who he is in your life, amen? Wow, so this was the other side of that. And that's the phrase, spiritual fathers. I hear this phrase a lot from different people. That, you know, so-and-so is my spiritual father. This person, they were, they were a spiritual father to me. And, and anyway, I, I was reminded because Dan touched on this as we were talking and he didn't tell this story, but I've heard him share this story about one time when Todd White came to him and Todd, I guess, had been hearing about spiritual fathers and spiritual fathers. And, and so he came to him and he said, Dan, you're like a spiritual father to me. And Dan said, you know, Todd, that sounds right. He said, but there's a way that seems right to a man. And you know how he can drop the mic. I mean, just like every third sentence, I think. Um, but he said that to him. And I went, wait a minute, wait a minute. Look at this verse. Turn over to Matthew 23. So that you know he's quoting scripture and not giving an opinion. Wow. Matthew 23. Look at verse 9. This is written in red. So who's talking here? This is Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is talking, and he says this in verse 9 of chapter 23, do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. He's the one who is our father. And think about this, I think about, you know, we, we walked through a few weeks ago, we talked about the children of Israel coming out 
of Egypt and the way that God delivered them. And he brought them out of Egypt. Why did he bring them out to Egypt? He told Moses, he said, tell Pharaoh, let my people go so that they can worship me in the wilderness. And he told him, he said, I'm going to bring you back here and you and all of the children of Israel are going to worship me on this mountain, Mount Sinai, right? This is why he brought them. God was bringing his family to himself. But what happened? The children didn't want to come to him. They came, they stood at the bottom of the mountain while Moses went up the mountain. They stood at the entrance of the tent while Moses went into the tent of meeting. They watched from afar. See, God wants to be our father. He wants us to not watch from a distance, not to try, not try to put a man or a celebrity in his place or in between us and him. He wants us to read his word for ourselves and then allow him to speak to us through it. Then it becomes revelation. Why is it so many people listen to Dan this week and I heard, kept hearing this phrase, I've never heard it that way before. Well, it's because the light of the word was being shown on it. From You've heard it before. But revelation is something you've heard before that has a brand new light on it. And so it illuminates it and makes it look a little bit different than what you're used to looking at. Man, and, and I just think about so much how we as a church body can get into the word of God individu- individually. And like Zach was talking about, he brought out a great scripture this morning and talked about how God spoke to him through John three sixteen. You know, and, and he speaks to us through his scripture if we get into it. If, but if we don't read the scripture, how can he speak through us? You want me to give you a little thing that Dan gave me? It was, um, you know, he, I was asking him, about, I was ta- telling him about how I study and what my approach is. And I said, well, you know, what do you think? And I was trying to, in a roundabout way, ask him, how do you say, you know, what you, what do you, without, because I knew, anyway, and, and, and he said, he said, Phil, you know what I, he said, you know what brings tears to my eyes? I said, no, what? He said, the Matthew Visual Bible. I looked it up on YouTube. You can, you can look it up. And, and it's the whole, the whole book of Matthew dramatized. I mean, somebody really took, spent some money. And it looks like it was made, I don't know, back in the 80s, 90s maybe. And, but it was well produced. And, and it's, but it's verbatim the entire book of Matthew. I watched it. The thing is like four hours long, by the way. It's like four and a half hours long. But it was so powerful. And just watching, just hearing the Bible. Because what does the Bible do? It gives life to us. It causes us to believe. It grows faith. Man, I, anyway, so that's, that was free, by the way. So I want to read to you another scripture over in 1 Corinthians. Look at verse 4. You were in 1 Corinthians just a moment ago. Because this talks about a father too, but I wanted to explain this because some people might take the scripture and say, oh, well, you know, spiritual fathers. I'm not saying that, that being around people, like being around Dan this last weekend was impacting to my life. But for me to say, you're like a father to me, 
Let me, let me put it in perspective this way. One time there was this, there was this, we used to have college students come out to our house every weekend. Um, when my sisters were growing up, I have a sister that's, she corrected me this weekend, by the way. I used to say she was eight years older than me. She's seven and a half years older than me. So if you're listening, Steph, I hope you feel better about that. Um, and then I have another sister that's about three and a half years older than me. And so my oldest sister was at college at ORU or Roberts University in Tulsa. And we lived out in the country and we had a house and we had property. And so the whole brother and sister wing would come out to our house and my mom would make for them homemade spaghetti. And so there was a guy named Bob that came and he really took an interest in me. And I was about 11 or 12 years old at the time. And he really just, every time he came, he would pour into me. I don't know what it was, and why he liked me like that, but he, you know, he just really would pour into me and he would hang out with me. And he, what, I, what I talked about, he was interested in. He seemed like he listened and really cared about you know, what I was saying. And so anyway, he was moving away. He and, and his girlfriend, Sue, they were getting married and they were moving away back home uh, to Pennsylvania, actually. By the way, we have some great friends here, and I meant to introduce them to you. And I'm sorry, I should have done that at the very start. But this is my good friend, Jim Reason. Stand up. Come on, lock your knees for us. Jim is, Jim is from Paducah, Kentucky. And then we have Charlie and Gwen Popovich, good friends of ours. Come on, stand up. Do you mind standing up? From Buffalo, New York. Yeah, he likes to scare us with hallelujah all the time. And, uh, you know, Charlie's an amazing guy. Good golfer. Fixed my golf swing the other day. But anyway, um, anyway what was I talking about? I'm so sorry. Thank you. Yeah, Bob and Sue. And so, anyway, and so they were getting ready to move. And so I wanted to write him a little letter just thanking him for taking an interest in me. And so I wrote this letter to him. But in the letter, I wrote the phrase... I said, you have, you've just been like a father to me. Well, I handed it to my parents to give him, and my dad came to my room not very long after that, and he, they hadn't given him the letter yet. And he said, you know, you said that Bob's been like a father to you. And I realized I'm looking at my father. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry, Dad. I didn't, I was just trying to look for a term of endearment to Bob and tell him how much I appreciate. Give me a second. Yeah, love my dad. <laughs> anyway, but do you see, do you see that connection? You see what it's like when we, we can, it's, we can esteem what people mean in our lives and what how God uses them like he used Dan this last weekend but that doesn't mean that I now say you are like a father to me wait a minute I have one father Jesus said that but some people might point to this verse so you're there in first Corinthians chapter 4 look at verse 15 is this all right yes. I went thank you I appreciate it <clears throat> Verse 15 says this, For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. That's the only fathering that we're supposed to be involved in is giving birth. 
this is actually what this word in the Greek means, this word father. It means to give birth to, is that we're to give birth to things. But here's what happens, and I loved, I loved what Dan said to Todd after he said, you know, that there's a way that seems right to a man. But he said this, he said, he said, Todd, let me tell you this. What if you called me one day and I wasn't available and I'm your spiritual father? Now you're an orphan on the other end of the phone. Man, that was so good. So what about us? Are we just looking for fathers? Natural fathers, people that can father me. Can you father me? Oh, if I just had some, someone like Dan that could father me the way Todd had Dan. Well, I just told you that, that Dan said I was not a spiritual father to him because I put him in touch with his real father because his real father will never orphan him. Because I love doing things for people in the church. I love doing hospital visitation. I love answering calls. I love sitting down and counseling. I, I love every part that God has called me to do here at the church. But that doesn't mean that I'm available every time. I would love to. But I'm not available every time for people. And so does that mean that you're going to be an orphan on the other end of the phone? No. Because this morning, I'm empowering you to get in touch with your real dad. Your real father. He's the one that you're going, that, that <coughs> you get what I'm saying, even though I'm having trouble getting it out. So, so turn over to first Samuel and I'm going to begin to wrap up here. Rebecca, come and play some scary music that convicts people's hearts. Would you? No, I'm sorry. I was joking. It was a joke. It was a joke. First Samuel chapter eight. You remember the prophet Samuel. <clears throat> so Samuel um, was, he, he grew up in the temple and he had two sons. But his son, the problem was, is his sons kind of turned out like Eli's sons. They, they really didn't hold to his morals, his character. And so he made them judges. And when that happened, the elders of Israel came to him and they said, look, you know, we appreciate what you're doing. You have judged us well. You've been a good judge for us. But really, here's what we want. We want a king like all the other nations have one. What are they, what are they saying here? They're saying we want to be like all the other nations. They've got a comparison going on. They're looking at their nation going, no, wait a minute. You know, God up to that point had been their father. But now they want a king. And here's what God said to say to them in verse 7 of 1 Samuel 8. He said, heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, they have rejected me. That I should not reign over them. So God is saying, no, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me as their father. Now they want a king. They want a man. And God wants to be their father. But they want to conform to the way other nations are doing what they're doing instead of stand out the way that God wants them to stand out. My wife and family have done a lot of ministry with elderly people. We, used, we did a Bible study for probably seven years at a retirement center. Every Wednesday at noon, uh, we would come and we would preach the gospel and just love on the folks there. And I've heard this 
numerous times where people have talked about that when I was young, I was really trying to find myself. I was really trying and, 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 and I compared myself to other people. And I was glad when I finally reached the age that I decided I'm going to be who God has called me to be. I'm going to be the person who I'm created to be. And in doing that, suddenly their uniqueness surfaces. Isn't that amazing? God has made you and I so unique. He has made us to stand out in the world today because of the uniqueness of which he created us. And if we step into that, if we walk in who we are, Man, sometimes, especially as a pastor, you know, people give you advice and, and, they're, and they're so well-meaning. People are so well-meaning. So I can never say anything about a person because, you know, they're just, and, and uh, you know, if you would do this, you know, change this, you know, you might be received a little better or whatever. You know, everybody has, everybody has thoughts and ideas. But what I found is, when I'm just who God has called me to be. And I don't try, I don't try to put on, because I'm not Dan Moeller. I can't even pull off a, a, I can't even act like Dan Moeller. He goes at a speed that I don't have. I don't have that, you know, I mean, I downshift. I, I slip into overdrive real easy and I just get out there and cruise. You know what I mean? And Dan is still in second gear, man. He just... And I love him if he's listening to that, I doubt he is, but, but I love that about him. But it would be wrong for me to compare myself with him. I even had this thought, if I can be real with you, I was driving back home after dropping him at the airport. And I was just thanking God, God, thank you for what you did this weekend. Thank you for bringing Dan. Because he called us. We, I, didn't, I didn't have much to do with that. It was all God. And it was such a blessing. And I'm just driving back from the airport, and then I have this thought. Last week, Dan Moeller. This week, Phil Johnson. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are being so nice. I appreciate it. But I'm sorry, but I just had that thought. Well, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't getting depressed or anything. I just had that thought, and I just went, oh, wow. And God said, no, you're wrong. Last week, me this week me thank you thank you Jesus Romans 12 verse 2 says then do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so I'm inviting you this morning to renew your mind with me I've been learning a lot about the Welsh, Welsh revival. I've been really digging in, learning a lot about Evan Roberts and how God used him. And one of the things that, that I learned was that he had prayed for his nation for 10 years. On his knees, prayed for his nation, the nation of Wales, that God would move, that he would work in their people. And he said that he would go to church and on his way to church because they had church on Monday, Tuesday, remember these days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Sunday again. And 
And he said, I would be on my way to church and I would look out and I would see the boys playing in the river that I grew up swimming in. And I would want to go and jump in the river with them. And I saw the boats out there and the great time that they're having. He said, but I resolved in myself that I wanted to value might just be that my daughter's getting married. I'm all good. Um, but that he would value him more than what is flesh. What's that? I mean, we got flesh and, and our flesh wants to go do things. But sometimes, I know this happens to you as much as it happens to me. Holy Spirit is drawing you. He's drawing you to the closet. He's drawing you to that area, that place, that room where you can be intimate with him and get answers. How many of you know, no matter what you've got going on, it's always important to step aside. For me and my family, um, they're always number two. My relationship with God is always number one, but my relationship with my family is number two. And then the church comes after that. So that when my kids ever say, dad, we got a situation. Dad, I need help on something. Dad, could I talk? How many of you know the Holy Spirit's going, I would love to talk to you. Oh, man. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes all around the room? Mm, Thank you, God. God, we just thank you and we praise you in this house. We thank you for your presence that's here. God, I thank you. Lord, we repent for turning other people into celebrities when you're the true celebrity. Lord, we repent for calling man a spiritual father when you're our father. Lord, we're open to receive counsel. We're open to receive words. That's not what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about that relationship. Lord, we we don't want anything hindering our relationship with you. God, I just thank you and praise you in this house right now. If something's going on in your life right now, in fact, Chris, can you dim the lights a little bit? If you're here and you're not right, with God. You know there's something going on in your heart and you've allowed frustration, angerness, maybe bitterness, offense. Maybe you're mad at something and you've put the blame on God for it and you recognize this morning that you're ready to repent. You're ready to get back in fellowship with him. Maybe you've had things, maybe you've been hurt by people. And so it's been hard for you to come to God and ask for him to heal you, to restore you. Because you have to be restored before you can restore a relationship. If that's you, I want to pray for you all around the room. If that's you, nobody looking around, would you raise your hand? Just let me know around the room yeah anybody else 
like this, every person all around the room. And we're going to pray a prayer. I'm, I'm going to pray this prayer out loud. I'm going to ask everyone to repeat it with me. And those of you that are making that commitment to God, you know in your heart and you just pray this from your heart to God. Let's pray this out loud. Everybody loud together say this out loud. Heavenly Father, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for restoring me. I ask you to forgive me. I repent and I thank you for restoring my fellowship with you this morning. I forgive those people that have hurt me and I thank you for loving them. I receive your forgiveness. Now, just right where you're at, all around the room, every person, man, just raise your hands, whatever you've got to do to just thank him and praise him. Father, I thank you for your salvation. I thank you for your restoration. I thank you for your healing. I thank you, God, that you are creating in us that clean heart. God, that there is a weight being, I just feel it right now, that there's a weight being lifted off of shoulders in here right now because you're casting this over on him. And now you're light. Oh God, we just thank you and we praise you in this house. We thank you and we praise you in this house. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for healing, restoration, life, peace, righteousness. Oh, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want, you to, I want you to do a couple of things for me. One is this. One of the messages that Dan preached was so important for every person to, to listen to, to sit down, to take notes. And if you're like me, you're going to have to stop it like every three seconds and write down the next thing. And I don't care if you have to transcribe the entire message. That's the second one that he preached. Here's the reason I'm saying that. Those of you that just prayed that prayer, that second message talked specifically about about thoughts that come to your mind and how to deal with those thoughts because thoughts are going to come. And Dan, in in essence, just to kind of summarize, he said, he said, listen, that's when those thoughts come and, and I feel bad for that thought by that thought, then I know it came from the outside in and not the inside out. That was so powerful, so important to combating thoughts because thoughts are going to come. And Dan said, I lift my hands and I begin to praise God that I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So that when negative thoughts come and they try to convict you of sin, you're saying, God, I thank you. You're just ignoring the thought. Have you ever tried to talk to someone and they turn away from you? The conversation ends pretty quick, doesn't it? Because you know right away they're not 
talking right now for some reason, right? And that's what you're doing to the enemy. You're saying, yeah, God, I thank you. I am righteous in you. You died and, and forgave me so that I would be made righteous in you. So listen to that, okay? Secondly, I felt like some of you might be going in, in here, might be facing some marital situations. And I want to encourage you, Dan has, I've, I've listened to these messages and I'm like, wow, God, we need to get these into the hands of people. People need to listen to this. In fact, there's a couple uh, in our church that they came to me and they said, Dan saved our marriage and he doesn't even know it. He, she, she said, we listened to his messages online and it literally saved our message. God's word in those messages turned our marriage around. And so if that's you, I want to encourage you, go and listen to, all you have to do is just Dan Moeller marriage, just type it into YouTube and you'll have a whole list of messages that will come up and they are so powerful. And so I want to encourage you in doing that. Would you get something out of this morning? Can we give God praise? God, we just thank you. We thank you and we praise you.